heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the YWC podcast. Today, we have the first ever three-man podcast featuring Phil is back once again, Nightmare 10, and also to very happy today, very, very happy third co-host, the better Lorenzo, the best Lorenzo, Alex Lorenzo. Alex, um, basically, there's a lot of stuff we got to talk about, but the main thing I want to talk about is why the hell Alex Lorenzo is so goddamn happy. Alex, take it away. Was there a game last night? I don't, I don't know. There was a fist fight on Raw. I don't know. For the uh, for the first time since I've been a fan, I wasn't really watching LSU football in 07. The first time LSU has had a dominant football team, and a lot of people a lot of people wanted to say Clemson was was underrated and they deserved to be number one. And uh, I was I, all I wanted to do was beat them and or Ohio State. And prove that LSU is for real this year, and that's exactly what they did. Without getting too much into the game right away, but uh, that's why I'm very happy. My team, for some reason, I chose the LSU Tigers a long time ago, about probably about '09, and uh, they finally paid off. Unlike Griff picking the Patriots and immediately paying off. <laughs> 2001. Uh, stupid tuck rule game. Mm-hmm. I had two. I had two seasons before the. Uh, day one, but yeah, um, the guy in your class, right? Yeah, that jersey. Yeah, guy in my class. That true story. Yep, Drew Bledsoe jersey. I had no team at the time. Um, so, but yeah, real quick, I'll say this because this isn't really game related. Okay, as a Gamecock fan, I always say I'm happy Clemson lost. I, didn't, I wasn't exactly rooting for them to lose, but I, I liked LSU. I, I thought the story was better there, and of course, I don't want my rival to win a freaking another national championship. But there's one thing I will say on this podcast, even though I'm sure Gamecock fans. I'm probably the only one that will be listening to this, but <laughs> or even near it. But uh, just in case, don't be stupid. We haven't even sniffed a national championship, okay? Like, you can be happy Clemson lost, but this whole, like, let's just roll tide and then, oh, let's go LSU. Like, come, don't be stupid. You can root against them. I get that. But th- come on. Like, your team, our team has not even sniffed, like I said, a national championship. So let's not yeah, be stupid. No one should make fun of you because your team hasn't won when you're, like, you still shouldn't root for your rival to win. No, and that's not, no, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying root for your rival. What I'm getting at is like when you take to the point of like all your like you're posting about LSU, you're posting like pictures of go LSU. Like, it's not like okay. you take it like you know what I'm saying. Like you're not like because then it looks like you're just jumping on whatever team. Like yeah, you're happy. You're not like you're not overdoing it. Yeah, like I'm happy, but I'm not gonna make a post like my team's not even in the national championship. Yeah. Like I might be like, yeah, thank God they lost, yeah, but it's more like more of a relief. Yeah, it's more of a relief because it's like well, I don't have anything to say. That's what I'm getting at. It's like a we don't have. We have nothing to say. Clemson has been to their, what? This their fourth one in a row now. So, uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Fourth one in a row. Well, you could you consider Clemson a, a rival to South Carolina, even though they're in the SEC. But yeah, they're a rival. Yeah, one hundred percent. I yeah, I don't know what it's like down. Dude, there. that's all that that's all they care about down here is South Carolina, Clemson. They don't even like before the playoffs started. Like literally, no one cared about anything else. That's all they care about is that one game, which would be frustrating. And the rivalry, rivalry, I can't talk to say that word apparently. Which would be frustrating in uh, watching football. I'm like, dude, I want to win the SEC. Yeah, I want to beat Clemson every year, but at the same time, it's like I want to. I have bigger 
uh, drinks in that, but people just care about that game and moved on. There's actually people that literally just watch that game. Like, I'm pretty sure they can't name any player wow. outside of the, like, big players, but that's just how it is down here. I mean, well, that, game, that game didn't go well for you guys, but you did have a good win this year. Uh, we did, yeah. We beat that's Georgia. Good, right? Yeah, that was awesome. We at least got one thing. I don't think much chance to answer, but we'll see. All right, Griff. That's, a, what, that's do you, new, what do you want to dive <laughs> yeah. into? this championship game mainly just the fact that like alex in that long paragraph quote he sent me last week how it just the reason why i was happy with this win for lsu was mainly because it had that storybook like disney ending where it's like you know what everything that could go right went right lsu just happens the national championship is in a stadium that the last time the three of us were together at the same time in the mercedes-benz uh superdome and it, to just the fact that, like, the storybook season for Joel Burrow, how, like Alex, I saw in a tweet earlier today, how someone goes from relative unknown, probably undrafted, to the presumable number one overall pick in the draft. Just like, and also, to the fact, the 15-0 season, how Ed Ogeron got everyone to buy in, how you just get all this stuff around you, how they beat all these, domi- like, all these teams that were just dominant throughout the year, like Auburn, Alabama, Georgia... Oklahoma, they just swept the floor with, even though that's Big 12 defense. And then also, too, to hand Trevor Lawrence, that's the other... Actually, let's make one more wrestling references, because for some reason, undefeated streaks like to end in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It happened in 2014, <laughs> and it happened last night. Trevor Lawrence and The Undertaker now have something in common. That's, that's funny. I just tweet that. Yeah, I just I thought of it recently, too. But... And also, too, just for the fact that, you know what, they were down early, but then Joe Burrow, like, there's no, like... Freaking out! There's no like play like what happened in the Ohio State Cle- uh, not, uh, yeah the Ohio State Clemson game where Trevor Lawrence got knocked on his ass and he had the beast run. You know what Joe Burrow just did? Sat back and was like, you know what, everything's gonna be all right. And then from there, just put it in cruise control. Like it was just the perfect season. I think and, and Coach L said it last night how he knew this team was special when they uh, had that third down against Texas when they won that game. I knew this team was special when they went into Tuscaloosa and took down the Giant. And even to last night during the pregame, I know that was just killing a Nick Saban when he's there talking about the team who's dist- took away basically two national championships from him in Clemson, and then your biggest rival in LSU. And also, too, the one scene where I'm just like, man, Nick Saban's going to be mad next year is when you had Lee Corso wearing the Tiger head, holding up that Corso jersey, that the S-E-A-U-X. But it was, just, it was just the perfect ending to a perfect season for LSU. And I want to see... How like just a quick for no uh, going forward? How Miles Brennan, I believe, is they're going to be their starter next year. How he'll handle, and also to we'll get into the Joe Brady stuff in a second. But that that was just my two cents on the game last night. Just the whole how it was a perfect ending to, and also to how the fact that in we're going to count to the SEC championship game, sixteen to zero, sixteen touchdowns for zero interceptions. Like I don't know that you just can't write that. You just can't make that stuff up. You can't write it. It's just it's remarkable. Yeah, I mean I can't talk about. Uh, Brennan or whoever our quarterbacks will be next year because I, I know nothing about him. Um, didn't re- didn't play at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, what, Co- what you said about Coach O about the Texas game, the Texas game is the first time I remember watching LSU and realizing that we're an offensive juggernaut. I had never seen a, an offensive team like that. We had the the uh, Jordan Jeffersons, the Zach Mettenbergers, the, the terrible quarterbacks with great receivers and great defense, but we would never put up points. We would always have to rely on our defense. And the, the 45 points against the number 9th ranked Texas, even though they turned out not to be a good team, uh, or, or they were decent at best, I guess. They were, I don't know what their record was. They ended up with 
let's see, I have it right here. They ended up at a uh, as a eight and five team. So they're pretty though either though. Yeah. And we were in Texas. Um, we put up forty five points. Uh, Burrow had uh, four hundred and seventy one yards, four touchdowns. I mean, that's when I knew we were legit. Um, but going on just talk about the national championship game, uh, I think LSU proved defensively how legit they were. Because for three-fourths of the season, they were saying, we're beatable, we're not as good as Ohio State, we're not as good as Clemson, because we don't have our defense. Meanwhile, our best safety, Grant Delpit, was out, and he played a huge part in last night. Um, And we held Joe Burrow to no touchdowns throwing, uh, 234 yards, and he was only 18 of 37. Yeah, you mean mean Trevor Lawrence, right? I'll say Joe Burrow. Yeah, Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) And also, to be the first team to hand Trevor Lawrence his first ever loss in his sophomore year. Like, and it's also, too, I think this is the first time in at least a and also, too, um, before we get into anything, how we said earlier with Trevor, uh, not Trevor Lawrence, that's next year, how Joe Burrow is going to be the first, the number one overall pick. Hopefully it works out better than the last LSU quarterback to go number one overall in the draft. That was Demarcus Russell. But with Trevor Lawrence, I just want to say, I don't think there's ever been a year going into the season where you're like, okay, this guy's number one. We already know it. Like, if Trevor Lawrence had won last night, he could pretty much take his junior year off, kind of like what Nick Bosa did, even though Bosa was hurt. But, like, would Trevor Lawrence even need a reason to play or just increase his stock if he had two national championships in his first two years of college football? Right. Yeah, even with even with losing, I think yeah, he's still yeah he's gonna oh. coast through his his uh, third year. I mean, um, he's gonna be the number one pick or whoever the team that needs a quarterback first is taking him. Yeah, it's so, gonna be him and Fields are gonna be the yeah, first two quarterbacks taken next me. year. So, what? Well, I, I yeah. got to say, me or Griff? No, Alex. I was they want to jump. See, Joe Burrow is just it's just a different animal this year. Like. He just is making the tightest throws I've seen a college quarterback like make. He looks NFL ready. He's I don't know if you guys watched the whole game, but his ability to he's not a runner, but his ability to run away from pressure, he is elusive as almost anyone. He doesn't seem to ever get sacked. I know it'll probably change a little bit in the NFL because he's playing against better defenses. But he looks like Lamar Jackson when somebody's charging at him. He just does a sidestep and then he gains at least five yards. It's, it's incredible, and that'll help him in the NFL. Um, and about Trevor Lawrence, I saw Stephen A. Smith say, uh, he's like, I counted a, at least 10 overthrows. I expected a number one pick, not Eli Manning. So I don't know how to take that, but I don't think Trevor Lawrence... I saw that tweet, tries. too. I was like, oh, I hope Alex doesn't see that. Yeah, I think it's whatever. Talk, say what you want about Eli, but two Super Bowl champ. So I don't know who wouldn't want that, but um, Trevor Lawrence... That was the first time Trevor Lawrence looked human. But, and listen, great quarterbacks have bad games. So let's yeah. not, like, I saw, I mean, Danny, not you know, one of the things, he's like, I don't see nothing special out of Trevor Lawrence. I'm like, okay, if you're watching a small sample size, or if this is the like first time yeah. you see Trevor Lawrence, that's, that's your first gonna, game. Of course. Yeah, like, and he said he watched other games, so not discrediting Danny. But the point is, is, like, Trevor Lawrence is like, dude, the greatest quarterbacks of all time have bad games. <laughs> like, this, like, like Tom Brady's had bad games. Alex, you would definitely agree with that. <laughs> Eli's had bad games. I mean, I'm just I mean, Peyton Manning. Eli's had a bad. Peyton Manning has had really bad games. So I mean, same yeah. thing with I'm not. Brett Favre. Brett Favre has looked awful. I mean, Brett Favre has looked awful at times. Lamar Jackson um, had one of the best seasons we've ever seen, and he had a bad game. Yeah, and he hasn't d- delivered in the playoffs, which will start a whole you know 
narrative for that. Good luck. I, I'm, I hate narratives, but good luck. Yeah, I can't that. say that. The first year, he literally couldn't throw. It's too, it's too early. Anyway, we'll get to that. But, yeah, so, like, just my thoughts on the game. I mean, one thing I'll say uh, as a – not a critique of Burroughs, because I don't know all the information as well because um, you don't know, but that big hit he got from Clemson, like, he looked legit hurt. I hope the trainers looked at him at halftime because he was all like, "Well, no, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me." It's yeah. like, bro, this is your, this is big money on the line. You better let them look at you and make sure you're not broke. But he's but he tough, did, man. He did come out in the second half and play extremely, and he played great. You could tell he, at the at the beginning he wasn't quite himself. Yeah, at half, but he got he collected himself. I don't think he had any significant injury. I think it hurt. I mean, it does hurt to get hit. Yeah, it so, looked like his uh, arm got like broken at first. Yeah, yeah, it was, was ribs or, when he got up. I was like, ooh, I was like, this was because I didn't want it. No one wants this. Like, it doesn't even like. Obviously, I want. If I had to pick, I obviously wanted LSU to win. But like, I, I like to see. I don't want any star player getting hurt. I hated when the guy from Clemson went out because it's like yeah. I don't want anybody to have any excuses uh, to win, but or to of reason why they lost. I like to see it. Both teams at their A game. That's just me. I don't. I know some people yeah. have injuries. I don't do that, but. Um, but yeah, as, as far as the game, Trevor Lawrence looked off. I mean, he had, he had an off game, and, and it doesn't make him, you know, a bad quarterback at all. So, I, the, like I said, I, the, to go with uh, what Matt said, um, the team, the, the side of the ball that I think stepped up the most, though, I will have to say, is that LSU defense because that had the most question marks. You would agree, uh, going into the game on the LSU side, anyways. So, I mean, I think that was they stepped up good. They played good. They pressured Lawrence, um, and I think for some reason. The pressure got to him. I really uh, not the pressure of the game, but the pressure uh, of the defenders. Like you could just see it. He would throw it too soon, or he'd throw it like mm-hmm. it just. You could just tell he wasn't wait, being able to wait for his throw, even if it wasn't there. It's kind of like you know you see the what is it seeing ghost or whatever that Sam Darnold said. But it's like he's seeing a ghost behind him because he knows he's already gotten hit. But but yeah, what the only surprising thing on, we're good. Yeah, keep going. Okay, so the only surprising thing, well, obviously Trevor Lawrence overthrowing and stuff. I'm just talking about on the Clemson side because I know Alex had mentioned a lot of, that I agree with already on the LSU side. But on Clemson side, it's like they didn't really, like, and Stephen A, I think, actually tweeted this, feed ATN the ball. Like, it, early in the game, they didn't even feed it to him. I'm like, it's just weird how, uh, I don't know how many carries he ended up getting, but it just seemed like he just did not get the ball as much as he normally gets. So it, it was kind of that was kind of odd. And then, uh, I think Alex, you tw- talked uh, about on Twitter the two uh, receivers for for LSU, but Clemson has two first round receivers. Well, maybe one at least. I don't know about the second one if he'll be in first rounder. But who was the other? Uh, Ross. Ross is an, is a yeah. guaranteed first rounder, but Higgins might go in the first round too. I think um, Higgins is better. You think Ross, is Ross better? Is Ross, Ross better, projected better. Ross is actually is the one receiver uh, projected. Uh-huh. I, but uh, it might have Higgins changed. He wasn't one time. But yeah, yeah, Higgins is a stud. Clemson can just well, go ahead. Um, just wanted to point out quickly, I just want to look up the stats. ETN had 15 carries for 78 yards, so it's about an average of 5.2 a carry. Um, but that was the other thing, too. Even, like, I felt like the LSU defense, at first ETN was running well, but then eventually LSU recognized that and kind of did that, which also, too, is another. Uh, there's another running back, which I'm going to see if the defense can stop, but we'll talk about that later. Um, the other player I want to talk about, too, like, is... Well, one thing I was going to say, let me finish the receiver thing I was going to say. I just was shocked. Like, Higgins obviously got hurt and had to come back or whatever, but, like, I just was shocked that Ross didn't get more. Like, I just was uh, – Ross, you, if you have some of the stats up, Griff, look at see what Ross got in the game, Justin Ross. Well, I just Ross, really – I guess since gonna, Ross was number one, he was covered by Stingley, who's just who's, one of the best corners. Uh, five yard, five receptions for 76 yards. 70, okay. That's Ross. So, he got, he got some, but – Look, it was two great teams. Bottom line, man, two great teams. Uh, people are going to make mistakes, but Bur- I will say, after I said I didn't continue this earlier, but with the injury, you know, and, and looked like he was hurt, and I thought I had worries at, at, at times with Burroughs. 
dude has some resilience, bro. Like you got to give like because you could just, like I said, you could see the difference in the when he came back in the second half, and he just overcome it. I mean, he's used to overcoming stuff. I mean, he was a backup at Ohio State. And then came to LSU. So, huge story with, with Burroughs. I don't know. Like I said, we'll see what he does in the NFL. I think, you know, it's all about where you go. We were just talking about Jamarcus Russell. Um, It's just all about where you go because I think Jamarcus Russell could have been better if he didn't go to Oakland. <laughs> but, he, you know, he, he also uh, said he watched film, but then the, t- yeah. the tapes went Which back to the team and they weren't even watched. Yeah, the famous story of them sending blank tapes. Oh, blank. Uh, yeah, uh, Joe Burroughs a little better work, I think I would say. Oh, I, I agree. But, um, yeah, besides, uh, I agree with pretty much everything you said, Phil, except the time you called me Matt. But um, I called you Matt? Did yeah, I? it was so long ago at this point. I wanted to, you kept going, I was going to cut you off, but you were rolling. I but, uh, it's all right. I'm used to it. But, um, yeah, I, I just want to say a couple more things before we move on to the NFL. Um, it, I was, ETN was scaring me all game in the first, at least first quarter. He was getting at least five a carry for the entire first, and I was like, we're, there's no way we're stopping this guy. Another the thing was they kept throwing to Fulton, number one, um, and they just kept getting big gain after big gain, and I thought, oh, God, they're going to pick on this kid the whole fucking... Sorry, can I swear? Yeah. God, the whole fucking game. And um, he turned. I guess he turned it around. They, I don't know why they stopped running. It was really... Even down... You can still run a lot in college. The game is so much slower. They stop the clock a lot more. Um, I think they were scared. Like you don't, you don't score quick when you run. And I think that that's Burroughs was just like they were. They just were scared that he could score so fast. They didn't want to lose any time on the field. I think I don't know. That's true, but I, I yeah, I don't agree with that strategy yeah. that they needed. Oh, just, I don't either. No, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So they go down seven nothing. I'm a little worried because every time we got the ball, it was on like the two yard line. It, it goes to seventeen seven. I'm like, okay, we've scored on a big play. We got the juices flowing. Maybe something will happen. I did not expect to be up by more than a score at halftime. So once that happened, once halftime hit, I was like, we're not losing this game. There's no way. Yeah, and I mean, I, I predicted in the beginning it would be 35-17. So 42-25, I'll take that score all day. And the under hit, too, which I thought for sure the over was going to hit. Yeah, I, cu- I couldn't I tell because the teams could light it up, but both teams could – play amazing defense and you saw both throughout the entire game like in the first quarter you're like all right this is a defensive game and then joe the one thing that did make me mad though and I, obviously this is unbiased because it didn't make me mad biasly because I, I was glad they didn't get the touchdown but i'm like let them play man like let that touchdown with the offensive pass interference i'm like they're both jarring each other like let them play let this be it have been a game again 10 10 i mean it's like they, I'm, you they, play, but. they have been letting them play a lot i thought yeah in the beginning and then so the whole thing with me, people saw the LSU defender grab his shirt. Right. That was only after the his arms got extended and he was falling backwards. That was the one I thing. I thought it was more pass interference on the offense than the defense, trying to be unbiased as I can. But, yeah, no call would have been fine. Um, That's what I was saying. I was just saying, I felt like I, I felt like you can call it. That's not my argument. I think you can call it. Like, you know, we see this in NFL all the time. You can call it, but it's like, come on, there's sometimes just let them play. Like, it doesn't, it didn't really affect the, the play in a sense, in my opinion. Yeah. The one thing I was going to say, too, is because I didn't, um, I actually missed from about five minutes left in the second quarter until about 12 minutes left in the fourth just because I had hockey last night. But um, I listened to the ESPN radio call on the way back there, and they were saying that. There was a lot of criticism as to why. I know they have to do a neutral conference for refereeing. It's like in any international tournament where you're not going to get, like in a United States game, a United States referee is not going to happen. They were saying that the Pac-12's officiating is, I guess, not the best out of all the Power 5 conferences. So I think there's some people that were skeptical about that reasoning. 
personally, if it were up to me for officials, I wouldn't mind seeing that there's that one really jacked official in the Big 12 who literally, you can tell, wears a really tight shirt, and he just wants to make a penalty call just so he can show off his muscles. I just find that hilarious. But that was just one thing I wanted to point out with the officiating with the whole let him play thing, because like you said, too, we see that in the NFL all the time. And how, like, then also the point, too, about just the Pac-12's officiating being a little suspect. I will say this, too, and this is just being honest, Alex, you have to agree with that game being in Louisiana helped them a lot, too. <laughs> like, it's not like, fault. It's no one's yeah, fault. Yeah. It's, it's like the fault. NFL. They announce where it's going to be before the before right. the season. I hear people being like, oh, this isn't fair. It's in Louisiana. Um, excuse me. This was decided before they even know Drew, Drew Pruros. The committee was, picked this, like, was, probably like, three or four years ago. Like, we already know up to, like, I'm pretty sure the 2024 national championship. I don't, I don't follow it enough in college to know the locations, but I'm pretty sure it's... Yeah, it's on Wikipedia. You can look up the next report. I'm pretty sure all of LSU's national championship games have been in Louisiana, or at least... That's crazy. There was the one that Alabama won 21 nothing, and C.J. Mosley had the uh, pick. But I know I know that... I think next year's in Miami, and then it's... I think Miami, Indianapolis, L.A., and then Houston. That's super bold. They won in 03 and in 07 in New Orleans, and they lost to Alabama... Whatever year that was, that was all in New Orleans. Yeah, it was crazy. College, that was college, Griff. That you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, next year's the, national championship Miami. for college is Miami. Uh, yeah, Which, yeah. on and honestly, before, um, just to add one last point, it's not going to shock me if Trevor Lawrence is in Miami next year. Mm, no, they're drafting Tua, buddy. That ain't happening. No, if like Trevor Lawrence like is in the national championship game in oh, Miami. Oh, in the national championship. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I should have made that more clear. Yeah, because like <laughs> I jumped on that. My bad. No, no yeah, problem. I, wouldn't mind. I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know what I was trying to say. I could definitely see it happen. We'll do a draft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but quickly, just a couple of quick coaching notes and also a hall um, retirement. Uh, two Hall of Fame shout-outs quickly. Congrats to Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson, which I honestly love seeing the Jimmy Johnson thing. I even got emotional watching it, and I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. Awesome. But um, awesome. How is he not in the Hall of Fame already? Like, get out of here. I He's just, not even in the Cowboys' ring of honor. I just oh, love how they have, Jones like... Hates him. I just love how they have Andre the Giant's brother just doing the Hall of Fame stuff. <laughs> But, yeah, that was crazy. Bill Cowher, dude, I'm telling you, people like to talk about Mike Tomlin, who I think is an overrated coach, but Bill Cowher was something special. I like watching him. They're, both, they're both fantastic, I think. You think Tom, uh, I don't know. Tomlin, Three I feel like. coaches in the last, like, forever. Yeah, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin, that's it. And I think Tom, Tomlin was a lot, like, I don't know. I, maybe I'm biased. I don't if know. you didn't have Bill Belichick, you'd be lucky to have Mike Tomlin. I don't know. Yeah. I just I don't like what I've seen. Um, and also too, there apparently there was a thing I heard recently where they almost didn't hire him, but then the Rooney Rule got in the way. But that's another that's another topic for another day. The Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule. What rule? Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 oh yeah, we made this rule up for PR purposes. Um, and also too, we have Kevin Stefanski going to the Cleveland Browns. Which once I learned about the whole thing that he has to hand his game plan off to the analytics department, and then they're gonna like go, oh hey, you should do this, this, or this. You should have faith that your head coach is going to do what is done. Um, if Kevin Stefanski does, I hope like I hope the best for him. I'm not going to wish bad on any head coach, but and also too, I think Robert Sala is a little bit lucky that they won this game because imagine if he lost this game to Minnesota and it's like, oh hey, you just lost. You're going to leave this awesome San Francisco 49ers defense to go work for the Cleveland Browns, which we don't know what's going to happen next year because honestly, I I have zero expectations for the Browns next year, but. With Kevin Stefanski, I just think that if it does not work out, I do not know where they go from here. That's the only thing I want to say. To me, that's to me. You I can't fire him after a year. That's for sure. Can't go another year with another new coach after this. No. And that's the Alex. You, you hit it on the, the the nail on the head. That's what the Browns. It's an organizational problem. People think they're trying to fix a a, a big flesh wound with a band aid. 
the that's just the Browns. Like that's what they do, and it's like you're not going to fix it until you actually work on your organization and draft players that help your organization, not keep drafting quarterbacks over and over again. They just I, I love quarterbacks, but you got you know you got to make pieces. Now they just started like their last draft was actually really good. I will say that their last draft with Garrett and uh, was that the last draft? Seventeen was Garrett, and then eighteen they got Mayfield, and then they got the. I think Denzel Ward out of Ohio State. I don't know who their first round was. No, 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 that's not who I'm thinking of. Who was drafted? Who did the Browns get last year? Last year, I have no idea who they got in 2019. It was um, I'll look it up. Was look it up. Look it up. Anyways, yeah. I think their last one was 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 better. One of their best ones. If I'm not thinking of a different year, but but yeah, the Browns are. I don't know. I don't really. I don't know enough enough about that guy, so I don't want to sit there and say it was a bad hire. But I think it's a questionable hire. But I think I do say. In this, in the contrary, that Josh McDaniels got lucky, he didn't have to go there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, think he would I don't know why they didn't take him because usually when, um, and there was a report too about his wife being in the uh, interview. When you're bringing your wife along, usually that means you're getting the job, which that made no. I was kind of shocked when they picked Kevin Stefanski, but at the same time too, I was like, you know what? I'm still happy to have McDaniels in um, New England. Trying to look it up here, I can't. Not so fast. Maybe let's make sure Bill O'Brien don't get fired. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, he probably will. He, could, he should, honestly. That's just my opinion, but he should. There's more. Oh, Greedy Williams was their first their first pick from LSU. Maybe it was two years ago then. That's oh, not yeah, Um, And also, too, just a couple quick uh, offensive coordinator hirings, one that had to do with last night. The other is, for some reason, Pat Shermer's new offensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos, which I know I mean, he did a good job in Minnesota, but he's one of those guys where, and Alex, I know, I, I know Matt Lorenzo absolutely hates the guy. I'm pretty sure Alex does, too. There's another position coach in New York who should be fired, but that we'll talk that later. But with Shermer, I just want to see what happens because he did a good job with Minnesota. So we'll see how he does as back in an OC role where there's not a lot of pressure on him as a head coach. Well, he's not a head coach anymore. As long as he doesn't have to speak to the media and control a locker room, I'm sure he'll do decent. I mean, they got old man like Winter doing that at Vic Fangio. Quarterback or team to deal with with the uh, Broncos, but I don't think he's a terrible coordinator. Yeah, Shermer's not a bad. He's just not a head coach. No, not at all. It's like Steve Spagnuolo. It's the same thing. Uh, There's a lot of guys like that. I mean, so far, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit in the last podcast, but, I mean, so far all the people that have come from the Pats, you know, under Belichick aren't good head coaches. So We'll see how Joe Judge does. I'm thinking Joe Judge is a better hire than, well, just for the money purposes, Matt Rule, which uh, today Carolina struck gold with. And, I, and Carolina, I would not be shocked if this makes Carolina Panthers better by unfortunately going out there, and I say unfortunately because I know Alex loves this man and anyone who roots for the LSU Tigers does, Joe Brady is the new offensive coordinator for the LSU Tigers, which him and Matt Rule, that's a really good find for... Uh, what is that? I'm trying to see what Alex is showing, but... Um, oh, just breaking news. Oh, what is it? Oh. Luke Keekley retires. You're joking. Luke Keekley just retired. You're joking. I wanna, I'm going on Twitter right now. He's years old. There's no way you're serious. Google it. I got like five text messages with it. Yeah, I see it right here oh on Pro Football cow, Talk. Wow, dude! He had two. Oh my God. He is walking away from ten point eight million dollars. He has two years left on his contract. Oh Injuries, man, that sucks. Dude, he's that had... is legit shocking news, dude. Sorry, back to Joe Brady. Uh, the first person I saw it from was, uh, by the way, Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. Um, also, too, because um, by the time this is up, uh, we will. The news will be old news. But, yeah, no, Luke Keek, like that's another, like, it, this reminds me very similar to the Patrick Willis retirement where he retired in his prime. And also to, like, how we're talking about the Carolina Panthers, you know what, this is one step forward, this is two steps back because 
That's a team that struggled defensively ever since they won. They got. I'm not gonna one since they got to the Super Bowl in 2015. But Joe Brady and Carolina is good. But man, this I don't know how they're gonna replace Luke Kuechly. Like they lost him recently. They lost um, and also Thomas Davis too. You don't replace Luke Kuechly. Exactly. And that's exactly. You just get a guy that you hope is good. That's you don't replace him. But you know what? I can't knock a guy for retiring because of injuries, especially in the day and age uh, when uh, stuff like CTE and concussions are have much more. We know the long term effects on stuff like this. Like it's. Well, I mean, it's a it's a courageous move to do it. Well, I just yeah, and I just saw on Twitter it said something like in his statement or whatever that he's that he said that uh you had in order to play this game at a high level you have to play it physical and strong. And he just doesn't feel like he can do that right now. So. I'm sure he'll get a job as a broadcaster or an analyst. Or a linebacker coach. Might as well, yeah, right? Or yeah. coach, yeah. I think Greg Olson's more likely to one end up with a broadcasting job seeing they have him do it on the bye week. Greg Olson's good at it, too, I think. Exactly. Yeah. But, um... Easy, man. I'll tell you, it's... It's crazy that you're allowed to broadcast a game on your bye week. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, the one thing I was going to say is we have actual we have four more games to talk about and also a quick look ahead at well not quick look ahead we're gonna we have six games to talk about four that have been played two that have to be played the first one's the Minnesota Vikings versus the San Francisco 49ers which I'm gonna come out and simply say this man Minnesota went back to earth and back to earth quick and that's a team too holy crap that offensive line had a bad day and that San Francisco front seven which is ferocious. Just capitalize on it. There was only one bad spot I saw in that entire game from the San Francisco 49ers, and that was that one um, cornerback that was getting attacked. I think Witherspoon's his last name. Yeah, but they benched him, so. Exactly. So we'll talk about it in a minute, but going forward, the only question I have with this 49ers team is what's Jimmy going to do? Because we haven't seen Jimmy under a whole lot of pressure, especially against Minnesota, too. Like, he just did what he wanted to. But, man, San Francisco... They're looking really good at the right time. Yeah. I, I, first of all, the Vikings, man. They're not the story of two different games. What's this, the second time this has happened? Well, I don't think I don't know what happened. I can't remember what happened last year. With Minneapolis the, Miracle, then getting the shit kicked out of them in Philadelphia. Yeah. That was two years ago. Though. That wasn't last year. Literally two years ago today, January 14th, was the Minneapolis Miracle. Last year. I don't think they made the playoffs last year, yeah. No, they didn't. They lost to Chicago Week 17 when they had to win. There you go. Okay, so but uh, so the we know – anyways – if the Vikings play the Saints, they look like a Super Bowl team. <laughs> I mean, if we're being real, but when they don't play the Saints, they just can't. I mean, they like they dropped that dud against Philly the next week, and then now in this game, they. I mean, they were in it close, but that was Witherspoon. Once that was done, after that, they didn't look the same. Um, I mean, Dalvin Cook was going to get his, Diggs was going to get his, but like, I don't know, man. Like, but yeah, as far, the Vikings are just. I don't know, but <laughs> as far as the offense of uh, on uh, San Fran, man, Jimmy G. When he, when he hits that point, they stopped letting him throw. You know, when he threw that interception, they stopped letting him throw, which they were able to, to do that. But like you said, what happens if in Green Bay it's a shootout? And I know they beat Green, they killed Green Bay early in the year. But still, I mean, like what happens, you know, after that? But they look good now. I mean, we'll, we'll just base it off on that right now. It's going to come down to Jimmy G handling the pressure, obviously. Right. you got Aaron Rodgers who's going to handle the pressure. He, I don't think he's ever going to let a game get to him. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. But um, Zadarius and Preston Smith are going to make Jimmy G's life miserable, as Bosa will do or try to do to Aaron Rodgers. That was I the just, other point I wanted to make. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know, last week I was saying too, they were getting after Kirk Cousins. You know what? Because Aaron Rodgers, like Joe Burrow, like many other quarterbacks, they recognize pressure. 
So with Aaron Rodgers, it's not going to be as easy to sack him. Why? Because he's going to, even though, too, he had that one game week 12, 104 yards thrown. And, and, and also, too, this is a revenge game for Aaron Rodgers, which is a term I hear um, from time to time just with people like also doing a joking sense. But also, too, the fact this is a hometown. Imagine how much it would mean for Aaron Rodgers to go into Northern California and win the George Hallis Trophy and book his ticket to Miami. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. If it's up to Aaron Rodgers, Packers are going to win. I mean, I think Aaron, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to do everything he can, but I, I just, I don't know, man. I did, I, I, I picked, I mean, obviously, last week, we, uh, I think me and Grip both picked Seattle, but, um, and Seattle had their problems, too. I just, I haven't seen anything. I've, I mean, it's Rodgers, so, I mean, he can put it, I said this last week, he can put it on and, mm-hmm. and make you look stupid real quick, but it's like, I haven't seen, like, the, who have the Packers beat this year? So, so it's like. The Packers this year, this is, their bend don't break. They, have not let up a ton of points, but they let up a ton of yards. And also, too, they had a bunch of close games with like really weak teams. Like, like yeah, no offense, they, but they had that they really close game with the Redskins. They had the game against the Giants, even though they won. I think it was thirty-one to thirteen. It was seventeen to thirteen for until like ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, that really they, snowy game at MetLife, like their competition, but they also play up to their competition. Yeah, they're not going to blow anyone out this year, but they're going to last longer, and they're going right. to. But to that point, to that point too, I do think you know to my to go against what I said, um, you know the Pats have done that before. They've lost you know three games, three or four games in a year that they should have never even come close to losing to, and then and just made a run. So I mean, I think the Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers is definitely great enough to do that. So um, and he has a coach that has a you know brain now. Yeah, and also to speaking of coaches that don't have brains, because let's just do this. Um, let's, do, let's do NFC first, because AFC we got a lot to talk about. Um, with that game too, with Green Bay and Seattle, I don't know why Pete Carroll decided to punt the ball with about three minutes. I'm pretty sure he still had all three timeouts left and the two minute warning. Like that was just me. And also too, that Jair Alexander blitz on the two point conversion that I think was the game changing moment because look, you're going from getting a field goal where it's like you can just get into field goal range, even though Jason Myers missed one early in the game, to, okay, we got to go down there and get a touchdown to win this thing. It's two very different things. Yeah, I missed that game, so I can't really comment on that one. But. Yeah, I mean, again, like, the Packers were bending, but they weren't breaking. Right. They were. Devontae Adams had his way with Seattle's defense. Seattle's defense is terrible, though. So, I mean, you can't really compare what they did against Seattle to what they would do against uh, San Francisco. But I think no matter who the Packers play, it's always going to be a close game. Because it doesn't have the power anymore to blow you out. They don't have the Nelsons, the Cobbs. All they have is Adams and a bunch of people nobody knows. And also, too, they had a resurgence game, too, from Jimmy Graham. Like, I did not expect him to have the kind of game he had. He made sure he didn't – I'm pretty sure he didn't get a touchdown. But when it came down to making those big plays, he made those plays. Like, that was where – it's like that security blanket. Like – Aaron Rodgers knows he can go to him. He can go to Aaron Jones. He had one huge catch, I remember. Exactly. But and he had first down. <laughs> yeah, the first down hurt the first down hurt around the world. But when it comes to this weekend, as much as the Ben don't break attitude of Green Bay is and how good Aaron Rodgers is, because also too, I think Aaron Rodgers is under a lot of pressure to win number two. Kind of like Peyton Manning was in the latter years of his career, especially with Denver Bron- with the Denver Broncos. Because I talked to Phil about this last week, too, and I've heard a bunch of people say this. How your stock changes from winning one Super Bowl to getting that second one. Just because it's, oh, hey, we won this one 10 years ago. 
it's a what have you done for me lately league in the NFL. So if Aaron Rodgers can go into California, win, and then go to Miami, it'll mean a lot for his legacy. But personally, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers to win this game on Sunday. Uh, one of my best friends is a Packers fan, so he's been telling me all the things he's been reading about how people think Rodgers is washed up. Anyone who thinks Rodgers is washed up just doesn't know football. Uh, I, don't, I, don't th- I think that's, yeah, that's... I mean, I'm not even a big... Like, I'm not nearly as big of a Rodgers fan because I guess I'm... I'll be honest, like, I guess because, like, you know, it's, he's in the conversation and stuff like that with Brady and stuff, I think I can't help but be biased, so I'll admit that. But at the same time, it's like, when I look at Rodgers, it's like, he's still, he's in the conversation, so it's like, come on. The only thing I, the one, the one knock I, I will make about Rodgers, and I don't know how many times, like, I can't, like, throw the stat out there for you, but uh, for a while, he kind of made me think that he was a little injury prone, but, I mean, he runs the ball, too, so, I mean, he can't really... Yeah. It was, yeah, there was a point he where... He carried that team. I mean, we really be honest, he carried that team for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I so mean, in the later wait. years of the Mike McCarthy era, because Mike McCarthy, right. and I'll right. talk about yes. this later, but... Well, would you, but would you rather have Brady for his best year over Rodgers in his best year of his career? That's not a fair question. Of course I'm going to say Brady. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, uh, that's a tough I one. I, can, I can't answer that unbiasedly. It's just impossible. It's not impossible. It is. Well, I mean, unbiasedly, as much as I can say, I still think I take Brady. It was like it would be like asking Alex, who's rather his prime was one of the best, just like ever. Like that fifteen and one season when they lost to the Giants, his MVP season, he was just absolutely he was like not. Yeah, and one thing I'll say to what Griff says: if he loses, this does not take away from his legacy. Only if he wins, it adds to it. Like there's a difference. There's a difference. This whole legacy and winning and losing, it takes a team to win and it takes a team it to does. lose. It does. And the, so, to my point... Well, like, I can totally understand, like, Alex uh, and, and others and whoever that gets mad, like, when it's like it's all Brady. Because clearly this year proved is one of the years you can point to. It can't be all him. It can't. Um, yeah. To my point as well, but earlier about Rodgers, I wasn't saying he's washed up or anything. I was just making the point of, and also, too, this is what's chasing Drew Brees right now. Having won Super Bowl is a feat not a lot of men get to accomplish. But when it comes back to the quarterback conversation, down the road, I think a lot of people, it's going to be, okay, hey, say if Aaron, Aaron retires just the one Super Bowl, it's going to be, I have one. Tom's got six. That's all I was trying to say. I think Aaron yeah, Rodgers right now is having a very, Aaron Rodgers is having a resurgence here because. Yeah, I've heard it though. Alex is right. I've, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah, I've, heard, I've heard it too. But, but you know what happens? Aaron Rodgers is like Tom Brady in that sense where, like, look at Sunday. You don't know, or even to how we say, oh, he had all those close games. Like, he had the close game uh, week 17 against the Detroit Lions. But when it came time to make those throws, like Tom Brady, when you need him, when you need to Aaron Rodgers to make a play, he's going to make a play. Like, And when I say, too, San Francisco's going to win, I think it's going to be a lot closer. Because I think the spread's like 7 right now. I could see this game being like, I don't know, 28-24, to 24, something like that. I'm going Green Bay 35 to 28, and I'm gonna have to stick with the Niners. Still, I, like I said, I just don't, you know. But I, Aaron Rodgers could literally, and I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Aaron Rodgers could light him up, and we wouldn't be surprised. But I think the Niners win. I don't know. I'm I suck at scores. Let's go 28, 23. But I say 35, 28, 35, 28. That's what I'm going. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. So um, I go 28, 23. Okay. So but, uh, yeah, just for just. Quickly go back to what Griff was at saying about when you're looking back and you say who's better than what. Not that any of that ever really matters on anything, but yeah. like 
like I said, it takes a team to win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, Brady's the greatest winner of all time, undoubtedly, in football. He's won six times, same with Bill. He's the best coach. But, you, I mean, it's hard to just say who's a better player at the position. Well, I was I, actually, based on the add-on what you said, I think the best athlete at quarterback of all time could be Aaron Rodgers. Because, I mean, obviously he's a better athlete as far yeah. as, like, all the things he can do. I mean, Brady could can't run. I mean, I mean when it's all yeah. When it's all done, Breeze might, yeah. might have every record but yeah. the yeah. Super Bowls. And Breeze is good, too. And, and honestly, kind of exactly what Alex said, you can when 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 you have a conversation when you name certain quarterbacks, you can literally pick. Just it's like you're throwing balls up in the air and hoping to catch one. It's like you really could name all of them. It's just a preference. It's just who yeah. you think is honestly the best. But like he's like Alex said, even as a Brady fan, because I know a lot of people use that as why he's the goat, um, is uh, or why they think he's the goat, um, is like he won six rings. That's not. It can't just be that. It has to. I mean, because he had Belichick. Yes, he had an MVP. Had, not yeah, like, you know, that's why I look at it and not I'm just using it as an example. I'm not trying to this is gonna make me sound like a hater. But but uh Alex's boy Eli, that's why I think there's so much criticize on criticism on him because outside of his two Super Bowl run, runs, one, he has no regular season MVP, and two, he has had some rough years. So I think that's I'm just using yeah. it as an example because right. it's a good he's a good example for that. But yeah. all right, you can, you yeah, Eli, Eli just to throw out Eli, he's in the top ten in a lot of those stats anyway. It's like the same people do who debate Eli. We know he's going to be in Canton, Ohio one day, even though there's a lot of people who think, oh, maybe not just because after he won his two Super Bowls, he only had the one playoff appearance, but still. If Joe Namath is in the in the Hall of Fame, Eli Manning deserves to be in the Eli Hall of Fame. Eli Manning's two runs is all he needed. That's all he needed to get in there. Like, I mean, even as a Pats fan, I can say, like, I don't, he yeah. could suck. He could have been worse than he and, has been. And he's played so long, and he's never gotten hurt that he has the stats. Right. Yeah. yeah. He has Which the Giants ruined his starting thing, but other than that. <laughs> Yeah, and also oh, yeah. too, there's just a lot of bad. They've been a coaching carousel ever since um, Tom Coughlin left. But we'll talk, and we'll talk about the whole regular season stuff once the playoffs are done. Do we want to talk about the game that was awesome first, or the upset first? Let's go with the awesome one first. Okay, so we had the Houston Texans deciding that they forgot how to play football, and also, <laughs> or also a mix of that and a mix of you know what too. You know, they say eventually, if you, if you poke the bear enough times, the bear's going to poke back. The bear poked back, and we had the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though too sure it was fifty-one thirty-one, getting outscored fifty-one to seven. I'm sorry, that's just a pure ass whooping. Uh, the Houston Texans. Uh, fun fact about them: they needed to do a lot. They only got one pick in the first one hundred and twenty picks of this year's draft. Um, Kansas City, honestly, is. I said this too, and we'll get into this later. But you know how last year everyone thought, oh. Patrick Mahomes, MVP season, unbelievable record. He's going to be in the Super Bowl for sure, and then the Patriots beat them in the AFC Championship game. This yep, year, what his name went offsides, and also too, yeah, with the offside, and also yeah, with the offsides, and also too, one mistake though in those games, one mistake, one mistake can cost you. But I'm just, I'm just saying this to Phil too. Patrick Mahomes, I think he's got something to light under his ass. Also too, why? Because there's also the rumors now about him getting that new contract extension, which we'll talk about. We can talk about if we want to. But just the fact, too, that if he can be this guy who brings back the first Super Bowl championship to Kansas City since 1970, 50 years ago, since they lost their last Super Bowl championship, you're going to be revered there for the rest of his like the rest of his life. He's guaranteed to be the Kansas City Chief. But just with this game and overall, like it was a mix of like everything. Like Tyreek Hill played great. Travis Kelsey once again just keeps proving why he's like a top, like a top 
three tight end because I'll throw Zach Ertz in that conversation as well, even though I think it's Kittle and um, Kelsey are 1A, 1B. Like, there's no 1, 2. But this Kansas City Chiefs team, it also just it exposed Houston, and we'll get into Houston's bad decisions in a minute. But I just can't stop praising the Kansas City Chiefs for when they're down. You know what? They had that don't-give-up attitude. It was never a, oh, hey, we're down and out. It was like how we said with LSU last night. Like, once Kansas City started creeping back into that game, we were all, like, laughing at Kansas City, even though I know Alex called me out on it. Just the pure fact, like I say, how it goes from 24-0, you get outscored 28 to nothing in about five minutes of game time? Says a lot about your football team. And also, too, with the Houston Texans, the one thing i got to say, as good as Deshaun Watson is, the reason why he scrambles, I think, so much is he needs an offensive line, and also, too, they got to do some other stuff. But that was my little rant on that game. That's the only thing i got to say with the Houston Texans. You know what? They, You know, like Green Bay, Ben don't break. Houston Texans broke. <laughs> All right, here are my thoughts on the game. So once Hardman returned that punt for... I don't know what it was, 50 yards or something. I was like, all right, they, now they have a chance. Now there's some momentum going. Now, because they, they dropped every pass that Mahomes put in their pocket. Um, and they were, I don't know, nervous or just, I don't know what it was. Russ, but, yeah. Yeah, they, um, once he ran, I was like, all right, they have a chance. Once they, they went for the fake punt and missed it, game was over. They were down, they were still down a, a good amount, but you, you knew there was no chance, because you knew they were going to score with that field position. And there was just no way they were going to be stopped. All the momentum that the Texans had had been lost. Arrowhead going nuts. And I think Bill O'Brien knew that. That's why he went for that fake, because he knew he can't give Kansas City the ball. And also because he didn't trust his defense. I I think that was one of the worst coaches. Oh, I agree. I think it was a dumb call, but I think he, like, when you know your team, you make stupid decisions like that. Because he, like, it doesn't matter if you think they're going to, you've got to trust your defense. Like, you can't do that. But it's like. Got to punt and give them the worst. Got to punt. And then it. What's funny is, like, you already had proof of earlier when you actually might have, could have. I mean, I think the field goal was the right choice in the, in the sense. But, I mean, obviously, later on it doesn't look like it because, you know, Kansas City threw touchdown yeah. up their ass. But still, like, like fourth and one, you don't go for it. But then you go for it in territory where if they get it, they're scoring. Like you said, guaranteed. Yeah, like, at least if, you, if they're going to score after you punt, they're going to take some time. Exactly, right. it's, it's going to bleed, like, at least a few minutes off the clock. Like, that's yeah. the one thing with, that's the one but thing. But you there. have to try, I'm like, even if you think your tr- your defense is trash, like you have to trust them. You can't put your defense in that kind of position because yeah. they're going to be even worse. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my thing is yeah, this. Like, first okay of all, they're... Not getting it when you right. go for it. you got to be in a position where it's like, all right, if we don't get it, it's still okay. And another point about that play, he should have had the first down. He had one man to beat. But, I mean, yeah. that's... Sorensen read that coverage perfectly. But also, too, you know how a lot of people are calling for Bill O'Brien's head? Yeah. Why are they not calling for Romeo Cornell to get fired? Like, I'm serious. Like, that's that, awful. Like, the defense is awful. And like I said too, how the Texans, they don't have a, they don't have their next first two round picks. They gave those to the Miami Dolphins for Tunsil, who's not signed long term. And considering, and also too, like I talked to Britton about this episode one. I talked to Phil about this last week too. The Houston Texans. The reason why Deshaun Watson, as much as he scrambles and mobile as he is. He's got to do that because his offensive line is getting a, is a turnstile every single week. Like, yeah, you can't give up those picks for Tunzel and have him not play well. Exactly yeah. too, and like also to all the other guys on it. I, like, look at what Mike. I made this point too. Look at what Mike Mayock did. Sure, the Oakland. Ra- the, well, actually, we're not Oakland. We'll call them the Raiders until the official league year starts when they become Vegas. 
But with the Raiders, they went out there. Mike Mayock was smart, spent all that money, got Trent Brown for the Patriots, got a bunch of other offensive linemen, and Oakland got better. So, And also, too, there's no – like I think Bill O'Brien's technically the GM in Houston right now because Rick Smith's no longer there. But I don't know – Do you need? they need a corner. They need a defensive end. They need someone to compliment J.J. Watt because – their defense doesn't really have anyone else besides uh, and Brownie too. I don't know why why things didn't work there. Yeah, like because <laughs> it was a, it's, I think it was a system thing, like with Clowney. Like when one Clowney shows up one day, and the next day he just doesn't feel like playing. I, that was a struggle with. And also in, injuries too. But, I think was another cause for Clowney to get out there. They were running. I don't think they wanted to, like they were just they wanted a true defensive ends and not like I don't know. It was weird. But but one thing about the tech. Okay, analyzing that game, I didn't say this, but. They're up twenty four to nothing. Not be, honestly, I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but they're up twenty four to nothing because of Kansas City, not because of themselves. Like if you look back at the game, like block punt. I mean, yeah, they blocked a punt, but mis- special teams mistakes twice. Long know, coverage on the Kenny Stills touchdown. And then, like Alex was saying, for some reason they couldn't hold on to the ball if they had sticky finger. You know, yeah, Tyreek so Hill it's like fumbled. once if Tyreek Hill fumbled when he should have had no business, uh, not fair catching that. Or whatever. I think he. That's right. It was no. Yeah. So like, I just want to like. So that's why Kansas City eventually they're gonna click. So you have to keep rolling. Like you know, it's like that's why I think honestly, like yeah, I think the in the in the grand scheme of things, in, in most games, the fourth and one call is you got to punt it there. I mean, not punt. You got to kick the field goal. But in a game where you know if once Kansas City starts clicking, they're gonna score and they're gonna score at will. Like you gotta, you know, it's like it's tough, you know. But yeah, well, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I freaking it's frustrating because I picked Texans in an upset and then they they look I'm I'm yeah. screaming from ear to ear when they're twenty four to nothing <laughs> I'm like but but in my back of my mind I'm like but those are mistake there's a lot of mistakes that Kansas City made to create those points it's like come on Texas somehow like let this let this you know but that's funny offense I could have seen every other upset happening but the Chiefs and the Texans I thought the Texans had no chance. And when it was twenty for nothing, I was shocked. A lot of people did too. Like honestly, a lot of people did too. I just I don't know. I had a feeling, but that feeling was obviously wrong. <laughs> like when the Tex- when the Texans got out to that early lead, and just cut you guys off. It reminded me a lot. Remember that Jaguars Steeler game from two years ago, where Pittsburgh was going into being like, "Oh hey, yeah, we're gonna take care of business. We're gonna go to New England and play them for the AFC Championship game." Like when they like at the end of like when they were up twenty four nothing, everyone was looking around like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like that was just my quick opinion about that game. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the the field goal for a second. I like Phil. I, I agree. I was like, just take the points. You need as many points as you can get versus offense. Um, but Bill O'Brien's explanation deserves. He deserves to be fired. He said, "Yeah, we have to score because we know they're going to score fifty points. That's why we didn't go for the punt or whatever." It's like, well, if, you're, if they're going to score fifty points, getting a field goal won't matter. It's irrelevant. Yeah, he's, literally he's irrelevant. Fired immediately for that. For saying yeah. that, because his strategy makes no sense. They're going to put up 50 points. You have to go for board on fourth and not kick the field goal. When it's you're- like when you're down, like, this is not exactly the same scenario, but I've, I, and I can't remember the game it happened in, but it was some game last season or something recently, where it's like, they're down, you're down like two touchdowns and you go and kick a field goal on fourth down. Why are you, like, late in the yeah. game? It's like, <laughs> the field goal literally doesn't change anything. It makes it still a two-possession game. Does nothing in this scenario. Like I said, it's a little different, but still, like you know, it's like you know who you're playing. Yeah, I mean, it, if it's it, in his know. own mind, he knows they need to score fifty. And if you say that, like Alex said, like you say that at the end of a press conference, you got it. Like everything you actually did has to back that up. Because if you knew they were going to score fifty, then why did you go for it on punt in your own territory? And then why did you kick a field goal? It's <laughs> like, yeah, so. it made no sense. Yeah, so the the field goal was whatever to me, but the fake punt 
why not just go for it on fourth down? Like, that's the only thing I have to say about that. Like, if you're going to... They're pretty far back. Oh, I know, but still, like, even if you you get that chance, because how, like, guys like Will Fuller, like, you can clearly tell us... And that's the other thing, too, with the Houston Texans. They're either good or everyone's on IR. There's no in-between. Like, J.J. Watt, for as good as a player he is, he's hurt, at least. He's been hurt so much in his career. But I wanted it. I wanted it for him too, man. That dude is like the backbone of that team, and he just can't like. You can't can tell he, had, he didn't have every, anything. Yeah, he was hopping and puffing all game. No, oh, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't the same. No, he was. He definitely wasn't the same. I mean, no. He had his moments, but. And also too with this Houston Texans team, it's a big where do you go from here because every year that's the divisional playoffs, and also too we'll get into this in a minute. They're in a division right now where it's a toss up. Where honestly. I can see them not winning their division next year and being that away wild card. And unfortunately, hey, they may still get the Saturday 4.30 p.m. game, even if they're on the road. But that's just my opinion, because as much as I want to talk about this game, and also, too, because Houston's struggles in the offseason, the game, nobody thought this result was going to happen with the Tennessee Titans walking into Baltimore, not even just beating them, just taking care of business. They scored less points than the Pats. Yeah, (laughs) think about that. No one called that. Not even me. No one called that. I mean, I I said I could see them, the Titans, beating the the Ravens. Not dominating. Hit a bet on it? No. No. I told told Griff that the Ravens were going to start slow. And so when they started slow, I was like, okay, this is what I predicted. But I thought, you know, by the second half, you know, they would kind of... Ryan Tannehill would have to do that little. Yeah, Twice? I mean, can you, I just, like, before we analyze the game itself, can you just realize that, like, if they go into Kansas City and do the same thing they've done for the past two weeks, what a run that is, and the fact that Tannehill hasn't had to do any, like, such that's, an old-school run, too. That's a Giants-type run. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I was about to say the that's Giants That's why I could see it happening. That's well, why I was like... Oh, it definitely, yeah. Anyone that thinks they can't beat Kansas City isn't watching. And it's Vrabel, so you know he's fired up after the oh, yeah. You know oh, that yeah. exactly fired up. because he, he knows what it takes. He knows what you know. Yeah. He knows what he's facing up against, and it's like, yeah. So Ryan, the way it ended too. I mean, the pick six just like just carries the momentum from what they had all game to even the relevant in the in the end. I know it just makes them feel. But much yeah, but like yeah, but well, yeah, it's great for momentum. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Ryan Tannehill's that one kid that in a group project where you get an A plus is the kid who contributed just a little bit to the project. That like, but also too. The only other times this has happened where a quarterback in two consecutive playoff games has stolen for under 100 yards, they've won the Super Bowl. This happened to the 72 Dolphins, I think, or 71 Dolphins, with Larry Zonka running the ball, and then with Franco Harris and the Terry Bradshire, as those, even though those in the 70s. Mike Vrabel's doing, like, even too, to have that one touch, like, the stop on fourth down, something where you're, if you have 10 grand. Hey, Lamar Jack, you have to bet it. Lamar Jackson's gonna make a fourth and one, and they get stuffed. That never happens. And then the fact you do that, and then just to chuck the ball downfield to Khalif Raymond, which that was a great play, just right off the pop play action pass, just chuck it like. And also to the Derrick Henry to Corey Davis play, like Mike Vrabel's gonna throw the kitchen sink at that Kansas City defense on Sunday. You already know that. Yeah. Um. To just go back to your analogy, it's not that he's the the guy who you're like who doesn't do a little. He's just the guy you're like you don't need to do a lot. Right. We have this other guy who's Alex a G- Smith is a perfect example. Yeah, but Ryan Tannehill during the regular season was playing really good. Yeah, he had the ten game stretch where he came in and it was awesome. 
and he can throw 300 yards if they need him to. But Derrick Henry was like, nah, I'll do this whole project myself. Relax. That's, that's the, the, you, you nailed it on the head, Alex. Like, you realize A.J. Brown was beasting in the regulars. Like, dude yeah. was stud, and he's, he's done like, nothing. He's going to finish fourth in rookie of the year, third in rookie of the year. He's done nothing. He, not that he's, like, sucked. That's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah, saying, like, he hasn't broke. had to do anything. Derrick Henry is, is on the run of his life. Literally. Okay, like giving up 100 yards is, you know, that happens a lot. But this dude has gone back to back games with 180 plus yards. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's just, but I just don't see. I, I Maybe I'm, I'm caught up in the moment. I get it. But I just don't see how they go to Kansas City and drop a dud. I just don't see it, man. I, I don't see dropping it. a dud, but I don't see Kansas City not scoring on their defense. I mean, I get that too, but I just, I, I'm telling you, man, I don't know. Until I see it happen, you ain't stopping Derrick Henry. And I don't think if they get 150 plus yards again out of Derrick Henry, you can't tell me they're losing. I just don't think they are. Even if Derrick Henry has 100, even like because like look at the Patriots game. He they Tony Romo said Derrick Henry's got to be at, if he's over 120 yards, Titans are going to win this game. He was at like a, just around 115, 125 at the end of the half. So if Derrick Henry can have that's one thing I want to see too is how guys like Chris Jones, Terrell Suggs handle there, and also too because that Kansas City defense ain't nothing to laugh about anymore. That defense is legitimate. The one interesting about I'm to see, because Tennessee's got some very under under the radar defensive players like Bayard, Vicar, Kenny Vaccaro, who had that great interception against the Ravens. Yeah, both defenses are. I want to see how that defense handles guys like Travis Kelsey and stuff like that. Travis Kelsey is really going to be the one. I, you just you can't win a shootout with Kansas City. What do you say? You just can't win a shootout with Kansas. Oh, right. That's why I said, but that's what I'm saying. That's what Tennessee did against. Uh, not, I mean, they, New England they didn't really have to do that. They did it, but like, it did, I mean, New England's offense wasn't explosive. Tennessee's so also already beat New England. Uh, Tennessee's they beat New England, but Tennessee beat Kansas City already once this year. Remember? Right. But what I'm saying too is like, you have an explosive offense in Baltimore, and I know you can put on like, and I did too before the game. You can put on a lot. They're going to be rusty. They should. They were hot, but they sat players, which still won't. I still don't understand. There's so much evidence against that. Still do it, but whatever. I understand not losing your franchise quarterback in a game. You could play a half at least, man. You know what the what difference maker is going to be, though? Is Arrowhead. Oh, 100%. Once? Yeah, but Arrowhead, you saw they got quite. That's the yeah, thing. They're once both, they made one big play, the place exploded. Right. I get that, but they're, they they did that. It was kind of like that in New England, too, or when New England played them. It's like, but if they're down, they, they're silent. They, they're, so it's like, my, to me, also, I mean, I guess you could say that about every stadium, but still, like, my thing, the key in this game is I think Tennessee needs to win the coin toss. Well, obviously, that's a 50-50 chance, but still. If they win the coin toss, get the ball. Start your, start running them hard early. That's what I said about LSU. I said I want – I never – I always want to defer. And I I, I was like, I want to shove the, the ball down. Tennessee is one of those – you need to set that tempo and see, hey, let's see how you respond first. Because then, let's just say Tennessee does it. They stop them on – they stop Henry for some reason on, on the very first drive. That's a huge momentum shift already for yeah. Kansas City. But it goes back well, to both your – Tennessee ball. throws it down their throat, takes eight minutes, and scores a touchdown. Yeah. It's a lot. I, mean, I know I Kansas City gets more quick, but that's a lot to put on Tennessee, Kansas City, even though they're at home. I will say I wanted that for LSU, and I wanted to shove the ball down their throat and score me in, on the first drive. But I was happy in the end that we deferred because it worked. Right. The one I, does, s- I agree with you. Most time you want to defer, but I think, you know, also with Tennessee, I don't know the way they're coming into this game. I just, I don't think you want Kansas City starting off. And I mean, could you imagine just giving Kansas City the ball and then they throw it, you know, takes two seconds and score. I mean, that's, that's going to be a road playoff game would be the time to 
to get the ball. Yeah. The one so. point I want to make is, because both of you are right in the sense of, you know what, if Tennessee wins a toss and goes down there, but you know how Alex said Arrowhead's going to be a factor? If Tennessee has a minimum five- to six-minute drive, like the classic, and I like I said, fan, a bit of a homer perspective here, but like, you know how New England does that, where they will start with a ball and they'll just run it down, like they'll just take and chew all that clock and have like a five- to eight-minute drive? If Tennessee wins a toss, goes into Arrowhead and does that, yeah, Alex is right in that sense. You go up early, Arrowhead's going to get quiet. But like, even look at last year's AFC Championship game. New England, 14-0 going into the halftime. Arrowhead was quiet. Kansas City makes a few big plays, gets back in the game. That stadium is rocking. So, Tennessee, it's uh, not so much about that first drive. It's how you handle Mahomes responding to you. It's I want to see how Tennessee, like how I said too, and also this goes back to the point of like Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, how they handle George Kittle. I want to see how these road defenses work in that home environment when you know you're going to have 70,000 people just loud the entire game with for Kansas City. Like, that's Arrowhead on Sunday afternoon because the game's, it's a 3 o'clock game is going to be rocking. Like, I'm, exci- I'm excited to see this game. But when it comes down to picking it, I want to pick... I want to pick Tennessee because, like, the first week, I, I picked New England out of biased, uh, biasy re- reasoncy, even though I had a really bad feeling. I picked Baltimore because I'm like, you know what? And that's the only thing to do with Baltimore. And I, I, was, I never really said this publicly until now. Baltimore, you've never seen a team run the table perfectly where it's like, oh, hey, they lose a couple in September. They just coast to February. You never see that. Like, in the years that happened in New England, they got out early. Like, a lot of the times when New England's won their Super Bowls recently, they've lost games in November. So, like, what I said to Phil last week, I feel like, you know what, if Baltimore had lost that game to San Francisco in December, they'd have that sour taste in their mouth. A lot of the time, and like, it, what was I going to say? When you run the table, and when it's all, oh, happy days, happy days, nothing's going to go wrong, everything went wrong, and also, too, I don't know why Lamar Jackson had to throw 59 times. I think Baltimore overcomplicated things. That's why... All your players, you're not going to. You're going to Florida. You're going to Florida. Don't get me wrong. You're just going to Orlando. You're not going to Miami. That's the only point I wanted to make about that. But um, yeah, I just with Lamar and also too with this year, and also I want to see how Lamar does next year because it's sure. Hey, you have a great regular season, but you're zero two in the playoffs. I think next year Lamar Jackson has to win at least one playoff game. I don't think the first playoff game should even count. For Lamar. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I forgot. Bad that year. <laughs> I was referring to this year. The whole like you're just coasting. That was this season. Last year, I know Lamar Jackson came in, and you know what? That's nerves. That's the same thing too. Like where no one thought, everyone thought, oh hey, Baltimore's gonna win. No one thought the Chargers were gonna win because two weeks ago, Baltimore went into LA and took care of business. That was just the point I wanted to make. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. What I was gonna say is, um, next year you shouldn't. If anyone rests week 17, they're giving themselves a disadvantage. Yeah, Baltimore just, hadn't played in a long time. I just don't yeah, – that's what I'm saying. It's like it just doesn't – and even Kansas City, even one week off uh, kind of mess, mess with them. You know, and it's like – you know, I think – honestly, I don't think they even started that slow if they ended up, you know, Pats get the bye and they got and they had to play the first week. I think Kansas City would have rolled whoever they had to play. So, I mean, I think – I just – Imagine I if yeah. we got the Chiefs-Titans in the first game. With the Pats getting the bye? Yeah. With the Titans. I mean, that's no, great. I'm glad it happened this way because... Well, of course. <laughs> with better teams. Yeah, but... 
It's only better because I don't have to be sitting here Sunday, the stress factor out of it. I can just enjoy these games as a football fan. That's the only reason, like, why I'm, like, the the one positive I can take out of it is that I'm not going to be sitting there Sunday being a nervous wreck. I just get to be a fan. Yeah, Alex is used to that. <laughs> Sorry, I had to... I, had to, I, I mean, I'd much rather down. have my team in the game and be a nervous wreck, so I don't really know yeah, what I'm, you're talking about, but... No, I don't agree with Griff. No, I don't agree with, I'm just saying that. <laughs> I, yeah, I will, I'll take my team. Uh, oh, I would take my team, too. I would love to be nervous on Sunday. I was just saying that, like, um, it's it's been a while since I've watched Championship you're Sunday without my team. I, got, I, got, I, get, I, get, I get what you're saying. Okay, what you're saying. that's all I ask for. But on yeah. Championship Sunday, you still have another game to watch. Exactly. That's not your team. But uh, I'm going to go... Let's, I'm going to say, um, did you give your prediction, Griff? No, not yet, Alex. I will let you guys go first because you're my guests. Uh, um, I'm going to say Phil can go first. All right, I'll go first. I'm going Tennessee. I already forgot Still, what I was I'm picking Tennessee. I'm probably the only one out of the three that are doing it, but I'm picking Tennessee, and I'm going to say the score. This is hard because it's like if Tennessee wins, Mahomes ain't scoring a lot. So I'm going to go with Tennessee. If I'm picking Tennessee, if I'm riding them, I'm going Tennessee wins. 21-17. Crazy score, I know. I'm an insane person. <laughs> I'm doing it. 21-17. Tennessee wins. All right. Um, if they win, they're holding They're holding that offense down. They have to. I'm going to say the magical run ends. I'm going to say the Chiefs roll by them with a good second half after a close first half. Chiefs, 45. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, Titans, 21. <laughs> you know what? I'm... I'm I'm picking Kansas City too, but I just think like you know how I said earlier, Kansas City has because Kansas City knows what it's like to be in this championship game. This is their second year being in it. I think they know what losing at this rate feels like, and I know they're going into this week being like, we do not want to feel that feeling again. But as for me for scoring, I'm going to go Chiefs thirty one, Titans twenty four. I think that Kansas City still covers the spread. And one and one thing I'll say too, the Titans have. I mean, there's you can't be intent. You literally went to New England, beat them, then went to Baltimore, beat them. Like there's the Kansas City doesn't scare you. I mean, I understand like analyzing the game. I'm not disagreeing with you know. I think all the things. I don't think they'll be scared. I just think they'll get outplayed. Yeah, I'm the right, same right. with Alex. I'm the same with Alex. Like saying. I'm just I'm just making that. I'm not. I don't think you guys are saying. There's that. a lot of great fantasy fan fairy tales. Like the Giants had two of them. But there's a lot of times where teams get great wins and then just come short. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars two years ago. Usually they don't get two though. That's my only point on that. Like usually, like the Jets, they beat they they beat us that year in the playoffs and then dropped a dud the next week. Like it just seems like that those teams like not it's hard yeah. to get two. When they get two, the Baltimore Ravens did it. They beat us and Peyton Manning to get to the Super Bowl. So it's like it's when they beat two powerhouses like that. I don't know. It's just something. But we'll see. I mean, like I said, I'm not knocking. I mean, obviously, I, I agree with. I mean, I think you guys made good. Uh, so you have what? Titans, Niners. You have Chiefs, Niners, and I have yeah. Niners, Packers. Yeah. And I, I have, have I have Packers. Niners, Packers. You're, just, you're a homer. I thought that was your pre, your Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> so was. My, it was my, uh, <laughs> Which is a good prediction. That's not a bad prediction. Yeah. I don't even know if I made one. I can't. Okay, remember. so Phil's got uh, it, I'm off I'm the winners. Phil's got. I think Pat Saints, but same. I was on Pat's. record. I'm trying to go two seasons in a row by predicting the uh, championships. I, you pick, I was about to say you picked Pat's Rams, didn't you? Yeah. No, no, no. I oh, picked what? Nationals Astros. Oh, Nationals Astros. Oh. That was the last championship. Um, oh, can I ask? Some? I want to ask because I'm not a baseball fan. I know this isn't about. We're not talking about podcasts, but I just have a curious answer. Like, 
do you, how bad? Like I don't know nothing about baseball, like, but how bad is what the Astros did? Like it's okay. Two championships. I don't know. Like I don't know. Like I don't know baseball. So two championships know. in a row were because of cheating. Because they fired. I mean, that's. I mean, I saw a lot of people get fired. Like I said, suspended for multiple years. And also, so, too, before we went on air today, the Boston Red Sox let go of their manager too, who was invo- heavily involved with the Houston. That's all I was saying. I was like, dang, baseball. going to get suspended for years. Okay, I'll just I'll just ask him because I didn't I didn't know. So. Yeah. I mean, you guys are used to cheating, so. Oh God, I knew it was coming. But it's nothing compared to what, what like the recent cheating was. Like the, the it's close to Spygate, I guess, but it's even worse. Well, if you, we're not gonna talk about it. <laughs> but it, it is the similar thing, like getting like through technology. I, I guess it's kind of one thing I was asking. But I was like, they literally, as they're sw- as they're in in the batter's box, they they're telling them, all right, slider, fastball, curveball. But I did see a statement that, that didn't make sense to me either. Like I don't know who it was from because, like I said, I don't I watch baseball, but I'm very casual. But like one, I guess it was maybe the Astros manager. Maybe was saying like he saw it happen, wasn't happy with it, but there was nothing he could do. I'm like, oh, what? Oh, you yeah. tweeted that. I think I'm like, what? AJ Hinch sounds like a moron with all. I'm this. like, what? How do you say that? Yeah, he didn't like it. He smashed some monitors once. But if you're the yeah. coach, you can have the power to stop it. I'm like, well, yeah, he's like, I was like, come on, bro. Like you're the yeah, man. Smashing you're the like, monitor just makes you sound guilty. But um, anyway, what I was gonna say. So Phil, you've got from your picks, you got Titans 49ers. Yep. Chiefs Packers. Yep. Chiefs 49ers. So, all different. All and different. honestly, I'll be honest. Honest to God, I take any of those. I, I, I will take a. I like honestly believe any of those would be a good Super Bowl. If no offense to Vic, but uh, I'd rather not see the Niners. Also, too, I just want to see the Niners because of Jimmy. But oh, if we got like, Mahomes and Rodgers. I'm not yeah, complaining. Sexy. I'm not they complaining. About, they were talking about this on uh, New York Talk Great Sports Radio. Uh, you guys know Peter Rosenberg from WWE, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, said he was saying that um, uh, Rogers, Mahomes, Packers, uh, Chiefs is sec- the sexiest matchup, and the other one was saying that um, Michael K was saying uh, that the Niners are much sexier, and I just like Rogers and the Smith brothers are sexy to me, and. Jimmy G doesn't do it for me. Um, Bosa, I really think, is kind of overrated. He's good, but he's not like it's not like I need to see Bosa. Kittle's, yeah, like, Kittle's the only one that I really Kittle's want to see. Amazing. Yeah. But, yeah. Kittle versus uh versus uh ah, Kelsey would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They should make him play D against each other. Exactly. I'll tell you one thing though. Honestly, like I said, I would because I, I like old school football, but if Tennessee was to win, like people are not gonna like the Super Bowl. <laughs> Just say, they hated last year, so they're gonna hate this one because because if Tennessee wins an AFC Championship game the way they've been winning, and then they like play in the Super Bowl the same way, people are gonna hate. Like no, the what? casual fan will hate. If Derrick Henry runs for two hundred yards in the Super Bowl. I think people will like it, but people are just going to be so uninterested because it's Tennessee Titans. Right. Nobody cares about the Titans. Exactly. But I always hated that. It's like who cares where they're from. Yeah. Was a lot like, of- I, I'm sorry, I, I disagreed with with Matt. Matt was like, I don't want to see it. No one wants to see a Titans Texans uh, AFC Championship. I'm like, why? New England's not in it. Wouldn't you want to see two random teams? I don't think he was saying it about him though. He's just saying that it won't get the casual fans' attention. Well, I agree with that. Yeah, like, like the casual, Super Bowl will. Like, re- casual fans only watch Super Bowl. They're not watching these games right now. Yeah. yeah. No. Like, not, yeah. Like, yeah. It's more for the championship game. Yeah. The fact that the. The Titans are in the championship. If it was Houston Titans, it'd be one of the worst-rated championship games of all time. I can agree with that. Um, I can see where Alex is coming from for the AFC championship game because 
especially too if you're trying to get a team's like a divisional. When was the last time a divisional game decided who's going to the Super Bowl anyway? Like I can not, I can't think of one in a while. I think maybe Bears Packers in 2010. Giants beat the the Cowboys, but that was in the divisional round. I missed what you said. What'd you say? When was the last time? When was the last time it was a divisional matchup in the on Championship Sunday? Um, And then I just realized Uh, that Bears Packers in 2010, when the Bears had a bye week, believe it or not. Yeah, crazy. They were good. Yeah, the Bears were good once upon a time. Hey, couldn't the Bears shouldn't couldn't the Bears have Patrick Mahomes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Bears fans. That was a that was a low blow. I'm you sorry. know what? That's going to be remembered forever. That hey, the Bears traded up. John Fleece. John. I was going to say John Fleece. John Lynch fleeced the Bears into giving them extra draft picks. Who uh, all uh, even no matter what happens Sunday, John Lynch has been one of the best general managers in the league in recent years. One thing I'll say too. Let me. I, I was I was a joke, but I mean at the same time, yeah. like. It does. I mean, we talked about this earlier with Jamarcus Russell. It does matter where you go to. Who knows if Mahomes? Like, you can't. I know his talent says that, but you can't guarantee a player goes to another organization and doesn't stink it up because of the organization. You just can't. There's I mean, a couple organizations where I think that's the case. Like the Redskins. You right. know the Redskins are pretty much Browns. Have to go the same way. Browns, yeah, yeah. Lions to a degree. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Good though, they didn't make him... some, some of the organizations they can't win, but they, like the team, the, the talent is still like you can still see the talent. But there's some organizations you go to die. Like you, like talent doesn't mean anything. But like yeah, they're not going to produce. Like I, like I, I, I think Mahomes is still good. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't saying just that. I'm just saying like sometimes people like to say, well, so and so started here. Well, that's the whole point. His journey is because he, you know, he's good because he went to where he went. You know, it's like everybody's yeah. saying, oh, the Pats shouldn't have drafted Nikhil Harry. They should have gone with DK Metcalf or AJ Brown. In April, you don't know that either one of those guys are gonna. You don't know. Like in April, probably no one knew the name of AJ Brown, and also too, you never would have guessed that he'd be having this phenomenal breakout year. And that meanwhile, Harry was hurt and didn't play that well. That that's just the only point I want to make about when people go, oh, Nikhil Harry went to uh, Arizona State. Oh, Arizona State. It was one of the two. Arizona State. I see. I never heard of Harry, and I never heard of AJ Brown. Metcalf came out with the shirtless pick or whatever, where he yeah. just ripped and everyone was like on board. Damn. Where did he go? I forgot. Metcalf went to... Uh, I think Ole Miss? Auburn or Ole Miss? I can't remember. Mississippi State, I think. Or the he was, a, he was an <laughs> SEC uh, school. Let's just leave it at that. Mississippi State or um, A&M? I can't remember. I thought it was either Auburn or Ole Miss. But like I, 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 Ole Miss sounds familiar. We'll look it up to make sure we know something. Right, you're right, Ole Miss. Oh Miss, okay. So Griff had it right. Okay, I knew it was one of the two. Once he said Ole Miss, I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, my point. I wasn't trying to go off on, on a tangent. I just think that some people like to point out like after the fact. It's like, well, it's easy to say after the fact. That's like, what I'm gonna. That's why I'm telling you now. What I texted Griff last night, last week, when I couldn't get on the pod. When you look back, you're gonna realize Jefferson is a top two wide receiver in this draft, yeah. and he's probably gonna go eighth or something. Like yeah, I saw your tweet the other night. I think that's what you were—you weren't meaning like projected. You're just saying like in the end, you're gonna look back at what you were yeah, saying. Yeah, like when we're, when you see all those, no. oh, let's look back at the 2020 draft redrafted. Like let's redraft it. I don't even know. Do you know where he's projected? Because I haven't even heard. Uh, I think the Packers might get him. Like he's he projected for round. A bunch. Jefferson? Yeah, he should be. What yeah. about Chase? Is Chase coming back or is he going to the draft? Chase. He's a yeah. sophomore, so yeah, he's coming back. So he's still coming back. Okay. Yeah. Dude, and oh, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I just thought about it. Uh, Randy's son looked good in that game. He kind of had a breakout. He's a beast. Yeah, he's is beast. he a junior? Or is he a sophomore? That insane catch. Yeah, he's a sophomore. Yeah, he's not coming out. No, he's not coming out yet. He, he a, looks uh, NFL ready though. He had an insane catch in the Alabama game. Yeah, and people took note of him. 
a LSU offense, but you can't, you can't yeah. not talk enough about it. It'll never, it'll never be, I don't think, duplicated again. Yeah. I just, three, three huge wide receivers, three like, amazing wide receivers, a great tight end. Their running back's not bad either. Back. He's, yeah. No, he's been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Who from LSU total is going to be coming out of the draft for the draft this year? Probably Burrow, Edwards, Elaire? I think Clyde uh, has to. I, don't think he, I haven't heard him. I don't think he. I don't know if he's coming out. I don't think he's, he's not going to be a top pick. Or he's, he's not a top pick. But I think the deadline to declare is coming up in like a that's, couple that's weeks, no? Or like. Right in the back. When, yeah, when is the deadline to declare for the draft? The yeah. deadline? Probably soon, a month from now or something like that, maybe. Well, we'll see if it's a list. I know Chason is in the draft, our defensive end. Um, he's a beast. Speaking of Chase, Chase Young, is going to be. You think he's going to be a giant? No. I got to wonder, though, I really hope the Reds, I, as much as, you know, you know what, Alex would like to the Giants, I really hope the Redskins don't waste them. I said, do you think Chase Young's going to be a Giant? Is that what you're answering? Oh, okay, I thought you were talking, I thought you meant I talk. okay, I got you. He's, we don't have, if we had the number two pick, he would be. Who's it, who does have the number two pick? Washington. Oh, okay. Oh, and then Detroit. I Redskins don't pick him. <laughs> oh, um, I have the date right here. Um, all underclassmen face a January 20th deadline to declare their intentions for the NFL draft in late April. Oh, wow. Giants.com posted. Draft prospects put on a show and championship game. Burrow. I'm just going to read the LSU one. Okay, yeah. Burrow. Jefferson. Chason, which is a defensive end. That's an end you're talking about, yeah. Fulton, cornerback. Um... He had a rough game, though, didn't he, Fulton? That's all they put. Was that the one that had... Yeah, Fulton had a bad game. Yeah. The only headline I see oh, here... He's going to be in the first round. He's probably going to go to the Cowboys, they're saying. The, the safety. Um, trying to think of who else. Queen's really good. I don't know if he's going to... He won defensive player of the game. I don't know where he's going to go. Um, oh. But, yeah, I think Jefferson is going to be one of the later uh, receivers. This is going to be interesting draft because there's a lot of, like... like there's, it's crazy. there's a lot of res- great receivers, and there's yeah. a lot of teams that need receivers. And, well, and, well, that that I think is going to be the more intriguing thing. But then it's like you got quarterbacks, but you don't have that many teams that can like unless they're going to draft another one. Like, how many teams actually can like draft a quarterback? Browns. I mean, Browns can't because they got Baker. No, Browns. can't. Bengals. So Bengals, yeah. Miami. Redskins can't. Panthers can. Panthers could. Panthers could. Oh yeah, Panthers. Yeah, because I, mean, I think Cam the Bucks could. I don't know if they're re-signing Jameis. Yeah, Winston's a free agent. I, from what I hear, they're not re-signing him, but I don't know. How could you? I'd rather did, not did sign him. Did you see that press conference? Uh, yeah. I'd not, I'd not sign him, suck for a year, and then get it, try to get Trevor Lawrence. Raiders probably. I could see the Raiders well, drafting a quarterback. There's going to be so many teams that you're going to – like people are going to be like, – there's going to be a receiver. There's going to be a team that's going to be like, are they tanking for Trevor? You know what? There's two, also today too, I saw there's a Photoshop of Trevor Lawrence in a Patriots uniform, and I kind of had a bit of a fanboy moment where I smiled, being like, oh God, I would love to see that. There's no way we can get him, though. I'm not even going to put my hopes up. There's literally no way. Oh, we'd have to throw away 2020, which I'm not for. Let's say no way. Let's say Brady goes somewhere else and we tank this season, but that would be the only way. You'd still have to be worse than... Like, you'd literally have to tank. No, like, because you know if Belichick tries, he's not going to be a top five pick. Yeah, so no. it's like, yeah, so it's like you literally would have to definition. Or you'd have to give up every single pick you have ever. In the, yeah, ever. But like nobody <laughs> want that. No one wants all your late first round picks. Or right, unless, exactly. Do you guys exactly. ever? Do you remember the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner? Never saw it. Okay, well, you should just. I tell you, I want to. Talking about, I mean, we can preview the draft, and I'm sure we'll do that at some point down the road. Oh, for but sure. like, well, 
real quick, I will say this. I like Jake Fromm. I would love to draft him. I would love to have him. Really? I think he's already. I know. He, I know. In college, he doesn't. I know he doesn't scream that in college. But I don't know. I've just seen some stuff about Jake. Like every once in a while, like he just looks good. There's another think, quarterback I'd rather have. Right to be honest, going to be the right system at best. You know, there's another quarterback I would rather have than Jake Fromm on my team. I think if he's in the right system, you can create a quarterback out of him. I'd personally rather have Justin Herbert. Well, you're not getting him. That's I know that. Just, I'm just saying, like, from a, like, a perspective of I'm a dream thing. I'm trying to think of a regional. You could draft from this year. He'll be there. Like, yeah. I want to make the argument right now, if you're the Miami Dolphins, I know as good as Tua is, like, do you think Miami would ta- is still going to take that gamble at five, or do you think they're going to go after someone else? If it's I'm a, Miami, Jake, they're go- Miami's taking to come back well and play well. Yeah, Miami's Tua. But if I'm, t- if I'm Miami, I wait and get try to go get Trevor next year. Also, with Miami too. I can't ever because you don't know. You don't know where you're gonna how you're gonna do this year. They were projected to win zero games this year, based by everyone. They won five. five. So there's no way you can just say they tried to win. Two, let's though. suck. Yeah, but you can't say let's suck next year and get to a a team's could could suck worse. You could be better because uh, no true. player's gonna go out there and lose. That's true. No, you can't. Well, I'll say this too, Alex. I, I agree with that point. The point is, you can't have that mentality of trying to tank the next year. I agree with that. I changed my, I changed my mind. No, like Miami wins, like because like that's not a good morale booster. Because then you're, then you're like, okay, but now we're gonna try to win. We'll, we'll be but even if all your, even if you tried, I mean, obviously your players aren't gonna try. So anything could happen. Right. And say you don't get Trevor Lawrence, you don't have Tua or Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely wasted. Yeah, yeah. you're fucked for years. I guess my th- biggest thing is there is still that question mark with Tua. I think. Yeah. So I think it's not a sure thing he, with him. Like, Burrows, you could get Burrows. I would say, yeah, get him. But Cincinnati, if Cincinnati fucks up and doesn't take him, then there's something wrong. Like if they decide, oh hey, we want Chase Young instead. Like no, like I doubt. I doubt Cincinnati's gonna do something stupid like if that. Cincinnati where they... wasn't. If Cincinnati wasn't in Ohio where he's from, like. I might would think differently, but like he, they got to pick him. They, they, I, I've been saying this since because I think if he's not in Ohio, they could, they could. I think they should trade down and get more picks. But the fact that you got to take him. I've been saying this since the Giants, since Eli's career has been on the downside. You need you get your quarterback. You like whoever you like, whoever you love. You have to draft him. You can't. You can't just not. You can't. I didn't like when we take Saquon Barkley. I wouldn't like if you took Chase Young over a quarterback. You just you you not winning without a quarterback. Exactly. Like you win without the best pass rush. You could definitely win without a running back. Like, but yeah, but I, and now he played good. He played good, but Ryan Tannehill is not an elite quarterback. No, but he's a you can win a good quarterback. quarterback. He is good, but yeah, but you can get a but good. This would be the first time We're talking about drafting an elite guy. That's the, like the Bengals. They pass up on Burrow could easily get an average guy. If the Titans win the Super Bowl this year, would be the first time in probably a, an ever a running back carried a team to a Super Bowl. Well, probably at least since like the nineteen seventies. Well, since, Black, yeah, since they started Black, throwing the ball, Black was already a quarterback, but he had a good run that year too. So it was. That was a total team effort too. And also, I think it was Black like was that Ray Lewis retirement thing just sparked everyone. His Super Bowl run was one of the best. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I was like, that's the only one I can think of. Just think, like you wouldn't even touch Flacco now. So I mean, I'm just saying, like you just had that run. But yeah, I'm just saying. You said it earlier. Quarterback's not the only thing. So I'm just kind of adding to that point. Like I think you can, if depending, it has to be quarterbacks. Well, quarterbacks aren't the only thing. I said team Super Bowl win is not just on the quarterback, but he's the main part. Right, but what I'm saying, I just I'm, yeah, I'm just saying that you can get there without a quarterback. Do you want to know one elite, without an elite quarterback? 
There's one thing I just want to add quickly. If it's not an elite quarterback, it's got to be a quarterback that has a miraculous run. Exactly. There's one point. Well, I only throws 50 yards and wins a game. <laughs> just, um, just, even with Flacco, he was amazing. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I, Tannehill is the exception. I get it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing Tannehill I want to be the first one where a running back carried the team, even though Tannehill was really good during the year. There is one point I want to add on quickly about this the draft and everything. How people are saying tank for Trevor. What if the team, like, I think in 2021, it could easily be a team that, A, already has a quarterback and isn't that good that gets him. You can get a King's Ransom because, say, for example, if you have a team that's, like, I don't know, fifth or sixth that really needs a quarterback that wants to go out there and get Trevor Lawrence, like, the first like the first overall, like, say, let's say Cincinnati has this again because we know, like how Alex said, we want to see him against an NFL defense and also, too, how he does because Cincinnati's offensive line is not exactly the best in the league. Actually, it's not even saying a lot. They're one of the worst in the league, probably with their with no offense, Alex, but with the New York Giants offensive line. Um, and also Houston. I'm, not, I'm sure he knows. Oh, I'm pretty sure he does too. Like he doesn't. He, he doesn't even like bark do. back at me. He like he admitted to it. But I was just thinking that like, what if it's a team that already has a court, like already has a quarterback? Like, say, what if next year Miami gets Tua and then Tua's like doesn't play or he's hurt still, and then Fitzpatrick plays and they're like three and thirteen or two and fourteen. Which I'm just throwing a hypothetical out there, and then they have two, so they don't need a quarterback. But then in comes another team, like who needs the quarterback. Miami's going to get a king's ransom for them, and considering also too, like this year's Miami at five. If they don't want to take that risk with Tua, they can trade. Because remember, Miami's got three first round picks. They've got theirs, Houston's, and I want to say someone else's. Yeah, they have three. I don't remember who's this, but they have three. Um, but yeah, well, I guess yes, my main yes. point is that. Go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. I would say yes, they could trade back, but you, you, it just makes no like they're not going to roll with Fitzpatrick for the rest of their lives. They oh God, no! A franchise quarterback, and you got to take it when one's available. And Tua would have been number one pick if Joe Burrow didn't have the greatest season. It ever. was Pittsburgh, by the way, who Miami. That's their third pick. But my point is, I guess my point is this: is that like your quarterback doesn't fix your other hole, like. I understand what you're saying about well, picking you your franchise. Get the quarterback, quarterback, and then you build around the quarterback. Right, you have right. Was, yeah, that's my point. I was going to make like you have to build around that quarterback because you can't just ignore the other holes. Because guess what? Then you ruin the quarterback. Yep. It's kind of like well, I think you made a point during this Giants season. It's like why well, put Daniel or maybe it was last year. I can't remember. But like you or Matt said, made a point about like Daniel Jones. Like why would you throw him in here when it like it's meaningless? Is like you know, or something like that. I don't know what it was. I can't remember. My memory sucks. But what I'm saying is like. You know, you don't want to feed a guy to an, when he doesn't have an offensive line. And then Burroughs, is, after the first year, he says ego's been hit because he gets sacked all the time. And then it's like, you don't, you know, it's like, you just, I'm just saying, you got to, yeah. I agree with you. Take your quarterback. If you believe in him, take him. Don't pass him. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, I would just, just half around it. Can't just assume he's going to go out there, make magic, and win. Like, you can't do that. Yeah, I would take your quarterback, build everything else around it, and then with your last piece, take your running back. Yeah. Like what? What the Cowboys did when they took Zeke—that was the missing piece. When um, when Bortles was still looked at as good, they took Fournette, right. um, and that was the last piece they needed. Didn't work out obviously because Bortles turned into trash. But it'd be like next year, say if Cincinnati this year too, because more than likely they're going to be a—they're not going to make the playoffs in twenty twenty unless Burrow lights the world on fire in the it's NFL. It's almost impossible to make the playoffs. Pardon me. It'll be almost impossible. For them. Exactly. So, what if in 2021, well, even though I'm sure they got John Ross, you've got Tyler Boyd, they've got uh, Joe Mixon, they could go get Jamar Chase from LSU. Burrow could be like, 
get him. I want him on my team. Yeah, they could. I mean, they yeah, they have decent receivers. They have a good a good running back when he wants to be good, I guess, Joe Mixon. But, yeah, they need some defense. And also, too, as much, as much as they have A.J. Green, I part of me doesn't see A.J. Green on the Bengals in 2020. Probably not. I think – I think I don't – as, and also too, I was thinking about it as well. Like I don't, I don't know if I want him on New England just because of the injury trouble. But at the same time, too, if he was there, I wouldn't mind him. Yeah, you probably take, have to take that risk almost, yeah. depending on how much he costs. Exactly, but I still think with this year's draft, um, I think the top receiver taken will be CD Lamb out of Oklahoma. I, I think he's the best. Yeah, exactly. I think it, it's him, Jefferson, Justin, Ro- Justin Ross is going to take first. I think Judy's going to go first, though. Oh, yeah, Jerry Judy will go. Dustin Ross will be the first receiver taken. I think it was the Jets who were projected to get Judy. Ross is going first? Yeah, he is. He's projected as the best wide receiver. Yeah, it's going to happen. Unless it's changed. Like, that's been the top. I mean, the combine has a lot. It's going to change. Yeah, so we'll see. Like I said, things can change. So, I mean, I'm just saying as of right now. I I think I'll bet with you right now that Ross isn't the first receiver taken. I think it'll be Judy or Lamb, personally. And then I think you'll get, like, Ross, Higgins. They'll be, like, 12 to, like, 24. Five-ish picks, I think. That's just me, but I think because I saw the draft board as well, it was Joe Burrow, Chase Young. Uh, from a couple mocks I saw, then I think there was a defensive end going to the Detroit Lions, which they need badly. And then you guys were going to get a defensive end as well. I don't know, I don't remember the guy's name, but I think I saw Judy going five, six. I think I saw C.D. Lamb going to the Arizona Cardinals, and then oh, no, Judy, Judy going. Judy to... might be the first. Actually, my bad. Judy might be first in this for all. Yeah, because I think it was uh, C. The one mock I think I saw was C.D. Lamb going to Arizona, which him reunited with Kyler Murray, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk. That'd be a good little tandem in Arizona. But then I think Jerry Judy is. The, I think the Jets have always been the projection for a while, even though I do not want to see that, especially considering. And we'll get this another. To a couple Jets fans that want the the offensive lineman, like at either of the three. Or two. I think there's only two really elite ones. Like, they do have weapons and everything, and they do have some... Well, they have Jamal Adams, who I'm... I, even though as much as I don't like the Jets, I am never going to badmouth or talk bad about him, because Jamal Adams is one of the best play, one of the best safeties in the league. It's just with the Jets, I think it's an unfortunate coaching situation. I think Adam Gase was the wrong coach, and I think he'll be out of there for... He won't be their coach in the 2021 season. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't by know. The, by the way, I'm an idiot. What? Justin Ross is not coming out. That's next year. Oh, okay. I'm ahead. We're I'm doing a Madden draft, and we're ahead on the draft classes, so I keep getting confused by the draft classes. So, yeah, he's not even coming out. Never mind. So the only players coming out this year from <laughs> Clemson are... out, he'll be a top prospect. Sorry. So it'll be T. Higgins and then Travis Etienne that are, that are probably going to be coming out this year, correct? Yeah, they're both, they're both first-round draft picks, but you're right. It's Lamb, uh, well, the other guy, uh, Alabama. Judy. Judy. Uh, Judy Lamb, Judy and Lamb, yeah. Alabama also has another receiver too that already declared, didn't don't they? Yeah, they have another yeah, guy. Rig, I just saw him on this list. Rig, Rig. I think is his last. I think they have three receivers that might go in this draft. Devontae yeah. Smith is the other one. Yeah, it, Smith, yeah. Henry, Ruggs, Henry Ruggs, sorry, not Henry Ruggs. Ruggs that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah but did they go to Miami? Is what this is. Exactly, um, but anyway, I'm gonna click away from the yeah. Skype call for a second because I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. You, did you guys have a good time tonight recording this episode, episode number four? Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, man. All right. For real. So awesome. if, we, if you guys are up for it, um, we can do this. And if also, too, if you guys, the viewers, love this, uh, episode three, unfortunately, only got uploaded to SoundCloud, but the SoundCloud link is on my Twitter. Phil retweeted it. So episode four will be on SoundCloud. I had exporting issues with iMovie. That's another subject. But I hope to have episode four up. This All this talk will be up definitely before the weekend. It is Tuesday night right now. So if you're listening to this Wednesday night, it's... 
that's great. Whenever you listen, hopefully you get it in before Sunday for Championship Sunday. But for anyway, guys, all of three of us had fun. We'll be back at some point, too, because we have so much to talk about. Championship Sunday recap, Super Bowl preview. Also, too, I want these guys back. Free agency talk, draft, etc., etc. The list goes on. That's it for this week's podcast, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Go Tigers. <laughs> I'm ending it on that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Alex, I want you to say that one more time. Go Tigers. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.